Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital. Well, my week was crazy. How about yours? <laughs> oh, definitely, but it was good kind of crazy, right? Yes, it's good to be yes. busy. Yes. Very. I like I like challenges. I like people coming up with puzzles for me to solve that I can actually end up solving eventually. I hate the ones that I can't figure out. Forget those. But the ones that I actually can figure <laughs> out, I like. Like those, those little annoying puzzles you get at Christmas sometimes, those ones that you can't pull apart, you know, those two things that connect no. together. You've got to find a way, some way to get it apart. Oh, man. No, the puzzle's like, how come when I do a site <laughs> colon on this search, X happens? I love that kind of stuff. Yes. You know what I saw this week that I haven't seen in years? Mm-hmm. I actually saw a index page of a server directory indexed in Google. You know how you used to have you could like get the page oh, indexed yeah. where you and you'd see all the list of all the files in the directory. I had a I had a site that had like dozens of those indexed. I was like, wow, I haven't seen that in years. This guy is really screwed. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yes, yes, that's definitely a good way to put it. Yep. <laughs> um, I was actually doing, I mean, guess that competitor analysis freaked the last few days. I mean, the last week and a half to two weeks, I've just been doing competitor uh, reviews. And, hey, I, I, but I, you know, what really shocks me is I don't really get digging deep into other search results very often these days, not, not as much as I used to. But doing competitor analysis, I find competitors that simply – this is putting in an understatement, but don't deserve to rank. And I mean mm-hmm. understatement. I, I was ranting about this on Facebook, but... Oh, I saw it. I was... Oh, my effing <laughs> God. These sites are so spammy. It, 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 oh, <laughs> blew my mind. And, and on a funny note, I thought, oh, I want to see how this goes. Like, uh, I was playing around with Moz tools. I always like to find a tool that might help me a bit with these things. I usually get distracted. But um, I wanted to try what their... Um, what is it? it they it, it you can run it on a page and it'll give you a review of the optimization for the page and then kind of give you a grade. And I ran yeah. it on this thing. All of the spammy pages got A's or B pluses. Jeez, oh, <laughs> I was horrified. I was like, no. <laughs> Somebody's figured out how to do good spam. <laughs> oh. No, I mean they're bad spam. That's just it. They were just horrific. Thirty-five incidences of a word on a page or of a key phrase on a page, and there's only like maybe 600 words of content. Nice. Oh. Nice. Well, these tools probably make some assumptions that people, that people are going to do some certain things, and I guess they, they, they didn't make the assumption that people were going to go back to 1990 optimization techniques. Very true. Sorry, I had to pause there while that silly uh, ambulance went by. Uh, working downtown, right? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, beyond ridiculous, I was just foaming at the mouth just thinking that these things are still able to succeed with these pathetic ranking techniques and that Google doesn't catch them. Like, what the hell? Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this stuff slips under the radar, but they so, get cut eventually. You know? I hope so. I don't know. Some of these yeah. have been around a long time. All right. So I, I hear there's an opportunity of a lifetime for an SEO. 
Yep, yep. Some lucky SEO in Northeast Ohio or, you know, upper upper Western Canada is going to get to work with me. I'm hiring again. <laughs> I just basically want to know if you, can I get Scott's direct number? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, but I'd have to convince him to move to Ohio and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that anyway. So <laughs> that is true. But I'm looking, for, I'm looking for an SEO content specialist. Um, know anybody in Northeast Ohio? Or if you are one, send them my way. I put, I actually put a, a post on our our Facebook community, and it says, if you're interested or know someone, make a comment, right? And that comment is basically your first impression in the interview. So make it good. <laughs> Excellent. You're testing people again, are you? Yes, I am. That, that reminds me, actually, I read an article about the the head of Charles Schwab, the CEO of Charles Schwab, when he interviews people, he takes them to breakfast, right? And, of course, it's going to be a high level. If the CEO of Charles Schwab is interviewing you, it's a high-level position. So he takes them to breakfast, but he gets there early, and he tells the people at the restaurant to mess up their order, yeah. whoever he's interviewing, to see how they react. So the, the, the testing thing is actually something very common and and I like it. It's I, you fun. know, I get it, but I was also on the side of the people who were, who were saying that that was a pretty low move. But, you know, whatever. It, it, the but fact it, is, any kind of insight into a person's I, true personality I, is a good thing. I think it would, I, I kind of agreed if it would be a low move if somebody said, ha, I had to mess up your order and this is, I, I don't like the way you reacted. That would be rude and ridiculous. But if you just, if it just happens and you don't even mention it and just kind of fit it into your evaluation, then I don't see any problem with it at all. Fair enough. And like I say, getting any insight into a person's true personality is important in those interviews because they're on their best oh, yeah. behavior. When you're, I don't know how we got on this topic. It's my fault. I'm sorry. But when you're doing that face-to-face <laughs> interview, they've already been vetted for their qualifications and their skills and stuff. They're not going to get a face-to-face unless they've met those qualifications. The face-to-face is really that evaluation to see if this person's a good personality, fit for the organization, a culture fit for the organization. It's more about a personality thing than it is about do you really know what you're doing at that point. Very true. Let's uh, get to this, this next topic. This is, why don't you just lead with it, and while you do that, I'm going to go close my window. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So basically, I'm sure everybody's heard by now, it's, it's all over the place, um, that they've removed ads from the search results in Google, the ads that show up on the right side of the page. And, w- and in part of that, they're also going to be um, increasing the number of times you'll see four ads at the top of the page. And we kind of discussed this before, is this really an SEO-related thing? It's more of a PPC issue. But I think it's something to be aware of as an SEO for the main reason it changes the way the search results look, right? I, I think I, I th- I think it was no-brainer that was coming for two reasons. One, because we've been seeing them stick all kinds of stuff on that right side. Knowledge graph stuff is going over there. You know, all kinds of things that are getting in the way of the ads anyway. So it makes sense that they're going to get rid of ads on that side. The other thing is, this is a, you know, Google's been very, very upfront and very vocal about how it wants its mobile experience and its desktop experience to be as close as possible and as similar as possible. You can't put right side ads on the mobile device. To me, this is another one of those moves they're making that's purely kind of kind of focused on making mobile more the forefront of what they do. Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of the four at the top. Um, I don't imagine any SEO does uh, four ads before all the organic, classic organic. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty horrific. But so then again, it is only happening occasionally for really strong brands. Well, well here's the interesting thing. Dr. Pete over at Moz um, put, 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 did some studies together. So before this change happened, the four ads at the top that they had been testing were like less than 1%. I think it was 0.1% 
percent of the time you get four ads at the top of a search result listing. Two days after they launched it, that was up to 19 percent of the search results had four ads. Four days after they launched it, it was up to 36 percent. So oh, it's becoming more and more. It's getting there. I don't, I don't, I don't seen if he's done anything since then, but it's definitely a higher percentage. But here's the good thing from my perspective, right? There used to be, if you got the total number of ads on a page, um, search result page, you had four on the top. I think there was five on the side and three at the bottom, right? So what is that? It's 12 possible ads on the page. Now the maximum number of ads on a page is seven, which means that the organic search results are going to get are going to have that much more inventory on the page, right? So they're going to be that much more important. Yeah, they're going to be pushed down a little bit, but out of all the things you can click on, the organic search results now are a higher percentage of things you can click on on the page now. So that almost makes them even more important. It does if if the person's going to be willing to scroll. There's a scroll quite a ways. For example, um, if uh, I type in Victoria Hotel and the I get four ads, big surprise. Then I get local SEO, uh, so the local maps, and then below the map is, is listings. And then after that, finally, organic, um, classic, you know, classic organic rankings. So, I mean, not that local is not organic. Obviously, it is, but it's… Okay, but you know, now look at, at those research results. How many ads did you get at the top? Four. Okay. The only thing that really changed is that one ad. Right, so that local stuff was already pushing organic way down to the bottom. That one ad with on a regular browser size, you know, is maybe five lines of text. That's all like that stuff got pushed down. If they were going to scroll down to it before, they're still going to scroll down to it if they got past the local stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's not. Well, that I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is the five lines seems to be a lot, but not the end where of the where where it's going to be significant. I think is in the mobile search because because you have such a smaller real estate screen real estate there that your ads most likely are going to be the first thing you see. And it used to be when there was three ads, that's the first page depending on the size of your phone. Then you go to the next, scroll down to the next page, and it'd be like the local stuff. And you're almost on the third kind of quote unquote page of results before you even get to the organic results. And then you get three or four per page. It's kind of funny, you know, to me, this seems to, I mean, I get why they'd want to make it the same. Or I actually don't get it. I mean, I see that they want to make it the same for mobile, the look. But on desktop, why? I mean, desktop, you have far more screen real estate. Now there's just a buttload of white space. Well, they're going to fill that in with a knowledge graph. And who knows what other kind of stuff they'll end up putting over there. I, I think this is a clear signal that there's going to be a lot more knowledge graph kind of stuff. I bet you they move answers over there at some point now that the, the ads are gone. Something's got to go there is what I'm getting at. I mean, they yeah, can't yeah. If, if they truly are going to keep it the same as make it look like mobile, it's going to be pretty stark. And, and it requires a lot more scrolling when it's really unnecessary when people have larger monitors. But true, but you also have to think about infrastructure, right? Do they really want to continue to maintain two completely different platforms? And if they, the, the more they can move them in together to be the same platform, the easier it's going to be from a business perspective to maintain all of it. Yes, Google. They got all the money in the world. They can do whatever they want, and they, you know they're going to anyway. They're, they're they going to mess with us again very soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about AMP. There's a few pieces of news we'd like to discuss. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, AMP results are now live. They are in search. Mm -hmm. However, um, there has been discussion uh, from... Well, I guess I can't really jump. To, well, yeah, I'm going to jump into the Mueller files a little here. Jump we got to jump around man. a little bit. I mean, you, you moved it around. It should really be in the... Anyway, we should have stuck all the amp in one spot. Anyway, uh, he's saying that it's not a search ranking signal yet. <laughs> so I know John has a lot to say here, so go for it. <laughs> well, well, could, well, first of all, let's talk about, for those who are unaware, if you're unaware of amp, you haven't been listening to the show, welcome. Th- thanks for joining the show, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so AMP is accelerated mobile pages, and it's this new technology Google is pushing out. It's pretty much seeming to be a direct competition with um, Facebook's instant articles, which is going to be an interesting conversation in about three or four months, actually. But that's beside the point. So AMP, has, they've been talking about it for a while. If They said it was going to roll out in February. It did. It rolled out. So what this is is basically a, another version of a web page. So you actually have to create an AMP version of a web page. So you end up with two pages, one that's your normal standard pages and one that's very lean and clean and mean, um, doesn't have any JavaScript, um, very minimal. I wouldn't say minimal, but very, very lean code. And it, the idea is this AMP page is going to load dramatically faster. And if you've had a chance to play with it yet on, on your mobile device, it loads instantly. It is amazing. I'm surprised they didn't call it instant mobile pages. Well, maybe Facebook would have got mad, but that's basically what it does. So it's pretty cool. It works nice. Mueller says it's not a ranking signal. This is double talk. Google famous double talk. No, AMP itself is not a ranking signal, right? But page speed is a ranking 
and signal. And these pages load instantly. So tell me that's not going to play into this. It does. But it's kind of a moot point at this point anyway because of the other topic we have in here. How do you determine if you need to build AMP pages for your site, right? The AMP pages right now are only for publishers that are putting out news content. And at this point today, this is going to change. But right now it's only in Google News, right? Or it's, so, so you're not seeing any AMP results in standard organic search results. So unless you're approved to be a publisher in Google News, you're publishing stuff. You don't need AMP pages yet. I'm not saying don't do it because it's it's going to be interesting because who knows how soon they're going to push them out. But most people at this point don't need AMP pages. There's so much talk about it. It's people kind of this kind of goes goes gets swept under the rug. I mean, there's there's WordPress plugins, there's Joomla plugins, there's all this people saying this is how you build them, but nobody's talking about if you should build them yet or not. Unless you're in Google News today, I wouldn't make it a huge priority. Get it on your list of things to do to your site because I got a feeling it's going to expand beyond Google News. You know, I don't know what the time frame looks like. Any guesses, Ross? What do you think? Well, I mean, it seems like it's fairly it's going to happen soon. I mean, it's odd that they're remember that site I was showing you last week. I mean, that was a that's no publisher. I mean, yeah, they got a blog, but I mean that and yes, that does show up in Google News technically, but that seemed awfully early to be notifying them to do AMP. So it right. doesn't seem to me that it's going to take very long for that to go mainstream. That's a great point. So they are telling people, unless unless they're looking at that because they do put blog stuff in the in the news thing. So in the news part of the search results, you know, last year they they used to be just news publishers were in that, that in the news block. It used to be called news results. When they changed it to in the news, they not only put news publishers, but they put bloggers and Twitter and brand pages. They put anything that's really related to that news topic in that in the news thing. Um, maybe that's where they're expecting some of these blogs to go with the AMP stuff because I have seen AMP show up on the in the news piece, not just, but it was only for publishers that I do happen to know were in Google News as well in the in the news piece. And it's interesting, too, because the AMP pages actually have a little logo and are identified as AMP pages in the search results. You know, how we talked about how if you get stars and things that differentiate your your listing from others, well, this your AMP pages get this little round circle, and it says AMP right there at the bottom of the listing. It's going to differentiate it from, from the other listings. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if there's one thing that's, that's for sure true about... SEO and, and it's all thanks to Google. It's, it's there's never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> We're always uh, on the on the run, trying to catch up and understand what's coming up next. So that's, that's good. I think that's good. It keeps things a little interesting. And after doing it this so long as we have, that's part of what keeps me going, really. And you know, I like to have the odd thing to rant about. Yeah, the odd thing. <laughs> <laughs> odd, even, multiplied, subtracted, every kind of. <laughs> Yes, I have a rant algorithm. <laughs> I, th- I think we need to start a new hashtag, Ross Rants. This yes. would be an awesome hashtag, Ross Rants. Fun. Although I can't rant, I, I, I don't have the time to rant like some people do. Man, those written rants can be crazy cool. Like they just go off. Hard but to just, to, just, just to summarize, <laughs> I guess, everybody, AMP is live. Um, if you're a news site or a publisher, get it implemented on your site as soon as you can. If you're not, Thinking, start thinking about it, but uh, you know, if you know, it's not something you're going to have to drop other projects to do today. The next topic coming up here is uh, something I wanted to talk about from Mike Blumenthal. He's our favorite uh, professor, Maps, 
uh, he, he is all about local and he does a great job of keeping us all abreast of it. Now, apparently, uh, recently, and I, I don't actually pay attention to this stuff anymore because, frankly, when it happens, when there's a change in how Google search results are, are, are you know, show up, unless it's been, it's, it's stuck, you know, it's something that's really going to stick around. I don't get worried anymore. Well, he, apparently he went through an issue, um, where he, the, he and a, a couple other people were, we're starting to panic a little bit because review or star ratings started to disappear from search results. Now, oh, uh, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't know about this, Mike uh, also is one of the owners in um, Get Five Stars, which is all about showing those reviews and all about getting those reviews for businesses. So I imagine it was a bit of a pause for him. Uh, as it turns out, and I guess this is a little more of the Mueller files, um, <laughs> there was a huge drop. On, yeah, uh, pause for sound effect. <laughs> it's really bad, isn't it? Okay, um, it, could, it, could, it could be a bit better. Yes, yes. <laughs> there, there was a massive drop in, and it was down in, into the thirty-three uh, percent drop. I think is what he shows on his um, his his blog post here. And if you can you go to Blumenthal's dot com, b l u m e n t h a l s dot com, and you go to his blog, and and you'll find a s- article called "Review Star Zen and the Art of Local Search." Anyway, it shows this uh, screenshot of um, this chart, and there was a huge drop in reviews, and then it went right back up. And according to John Mueller, uh, it was a bug, and the the decline was a mistake. So uh, I think he. He, he regained his sanity pretty quickly. Now, that said, he had a few points I wanted to share, which I thought were great. Now, I'm going to quote him here. He says, local search is hard, always has been, and always will be. Not only is it an amalgam of multiple algos, it's an area of heavy experimentation by Google, just as we were talking about earlier. That being said, if you keep in mind some general principles, you can maximize the impact of these changes on your business. And let's go through a few of these points, because I think they were really great. One, Communicate early and often with your clients when they come on board about the fact that Google changes frequently. Prepare themselves, prepare them for the inevitable. Number two, when issues like this crop up, be out of, be out front of the issue and alert your bigger customers and communicate to staff what they need to know to answer inevitable questions. Three, be prepared for change. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, that's what we live by. Um, And be sure that you are leveraging multiple local marketing tactics so that one change is not at the not the end of the world. And man, is that ever true, eh, John? Like, how many clients have got all their eggs in one basket? It's just it's horrifying sometimes to see. It is. It's it's awesome. It's it's awful when it goes wrong for them because they it's it's like they lose hope. It's just a sad, sad, sad thing. (laughs) I mean, even if it's as simple as just making sure. I mean, even this is too many eggs in one basket in a way, but um, ensuring that you've got great. Classic organic results, you know, non-local. Anyway, it's getting harder to split those two apart. But essentially, not the map-based stuff. And and that'll help, too. So if maps go crazy, you're doing okay in the local. Also, implement a a pay-per-click campaign if you want. I mean, just cover your bases. And then also, look at other search engines. There aren't that many that are of of any significance, but there can be a trickle of traffic from those. And if you can get rankings from them, that helps as well. This is also, and again, back to quoting here. Always keep an eye out for the next marketing opportunity that might help that customer and be ready to implement it if things change. Number five, stay on the right side of ethics and best practice behaviors so if things go south, you're not the one responsible. Amen. <laughs> See, that, 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 that's an interesting one because like you and I, it's it's easy to make that call. We can say, oh, we need to do this because this is, this is the way it needs to be done. There's too many resources on the internet that, 
to teach the wrong way to do things. So somebody new in the industry might not know they're on the wrong side of ethics, which that, that to me is one of our biggest issues is, you know, just the misinformation and the old and outdated information. You know, if the stuff changes, like Mike said, like you said, we say it every practically every show, this stuff changes all the time. But the information that's published on the web is static, right? So once it's published out there, and if you know it's there, and if someone finds the wrong piece of information about how to do something, they've just hurt their clients without knowing it, and it drives me nuts. And there's plenty of misinformation out there, there's no doubt. Okay, well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some more Mueller files. <laughs> SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. I haven't actually heard about this. Uh, you found something on the, the SEM post, that wonderful so, publication. So there's, so there's a great little tool inside of Webmaster Tools, Google search, Webmaster Tools, right? <laughs> that allows you to submit a URL. So let's say there was an issue with URL or you, you did something to, to fix it or change it or for, for, there are lots of different reasons you might need to submit a URL back to Google. Not, not necessarily to make it found or have it be found, but there's plenty of reasons why you'd say, okay, we've changed something. Here you go. Check it out. We want to make sure our changes worked. Well, apparently people had been really abusing this because um, I don't think there was, there's, 
if there wasn't a cap, there was like a, you could do it a hundred times a month. They submit a hundred URLs. People were abusing it so bad that Google has now dropped it down. You can only do this ten times a month, which which is it can be problematic if you're using it for the right reasons and you have large, very complicated sites. Most people, this isn't going to really impact you much at all. But if it's something you do on a regular basis, think about why you're doing it and do you really need to do this? Can you just wait for a standard crawl or do you have to submit it? Because that abuse has, has taken away a powerful tool that, that a lot of people can use for good because people were abusing it. Uh, um, but, typical. Yeah, yeah, it is. At least, you know. I mean, it's and it's not going to help you with rankings. So yeah, maybe it'll get them faster or get the Google back faster, but it doesn't mean your rankings are going to improve. Exactly. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a loaded answer, but I mean, in any case, I've got to love it when they have to restrict stuff. Oh man! All right, so we didn't finish up the Mueller files, uh, and this—I nope. uh, think I've read about this before. Actually, I'm surprised it's come up again. But the fact that manual actions on subdomains can impact an entire site. Now, John, what, what is a subdomain for our listeners? Um, subdomain is like um, something before your main domain. So www dot is actually a subdomain. Some people have blog dot domain dot com or news dot domain dot com or People can get abusive with this as well. You, you can, if you if you're a local site and you're in, you want to list every single product or county or city that you're doing, and you put each one on its own subdomain. You know, like um, Cleveland dot you know Ohio dot com, Akron dot Ohio dot com. Those kind of things. You, you put a bunch of stuff before your domain. Those are subdomains. Right. Right. So yeah, and in this case. Google's saying that, yeah, we, we do a, a pretty good job of recognizing when it's just that subdomain's physically a different site from the main domain, you know, the top-level mm-hmm. domain. Um, uh, for example, like Blogspot or any of these places. Um, so if you are doing something wrong, they're not going to affect everyone on Blogspot. However, um, in, in many cases, uh, subdomains are used as sort of a a navigational preference for for site structure. It's this this is this is the news section. This is the blog section. This as you mentioned. Um, we, and, we we have a lot of subdomains on our site. So like yeah. we have a section for our real estate advertisers, and we have a section for our autos. You know, as you think about classified advertising in newspapers, our newspaper sites have the autos on a subdomain, the real estate on a subdomain, the job listings on a subdomain, that kind of thing. And it makes sense because that's there's a lot of content in those areas. And there's enough to to make its own site that's targeted to a topic. Yeah. So really what it comes down to is they're saying that, you know, if you practice something incredibly bad against Google guys, Google's guideline on a subdomain and it's, you know, a navigational component, it's a component of your main site at the top level. Well, if, if you get a manual action against that subdomain, that means Google has said you've done bad slap. Yeah, you're, you're getting a, a ranking decrease. Gosh, whatever. You could be removed from Google. Well, that's going to apply to everything. And and this is good um, in, in the sense that you know anyone who's trying to use subdomains to test black hat theories, all that kind of stuff, can't do it without risking everything. Now, is this tied specifically to subdomains that are connected via navigation? Because there's a lot of people no, who use a subdomain, necessarily. yeah, as a separate website completely. So there's no navigational tie between the main domain and the subdomain. Um, and if one of the, and a lot of people will do that specifically to try to target and spam. I mean, a lot of spammers have done that in the past. So it's, it sounds like if it's not a navigational tie, that means if you, for some reason, you're, you say, okay, you know, 
you let your your cousin build a website on a subdomain because they don't have enough money to buy their own domain and hosting, right? But they want to put a blog up. So you say, okay, you know, my cousin Vinny's blog dot whatever your site is, and your cousin Vinny happens to, to do all kinds of really crazy bad things from an SEO perspective and gets a penalty on his site that isn't connected to your site, but it's on your subdomain. It's going to impact you. Yeah, or very well could. You know, for example, here it says. Uh, and to quote, it says, it also means that webmasters who are using a free website service that hosts individual sites on subdomains or subdirectories will need to ensure that the domain overall isn't a haven for spammers either. And that's, that's critical too. The domain overall piece, I think, is really critical in that description because there are sites like WordPress.com. WordPress.com, when you, when you sign up there, you get a subdomain for your site, right? And last time I checked, which, which was last year sometime, WordPress.com gets over 300,000 new websites every month. There's going to be some that are going to get banned, but I think it's that percentage. If it's, if it's a vast majority of the sites on that free hosting are, are having problems, you're going to have problems. I think, you know, being that we're kind of running out of time, do you want to just jump into questions? We could. Or do you really um, want to cover this last one? It's up to you. Let's, let's jump into questions. So this one is from Stuart. Uh, thank you for posting this, Stuart. A few months ago, I took over a website from a previous web designer. I did a complete redesign, moving to a WordPress system. But since making the change three to four months ago, sales on the site have completely dried up. I'm pretty new to the SEO game, but big fan of the podcast and wondering if I'm missing something. I think I've done all the basics, and website traffic seems to be reasonable, based on the previous statistics I can glean, although previous developer didn't appear to use Google Analytics. How often does that happen? Anyway, uh, <laughs> does anyone have any device, advice? I have, a, I have a Google AdWords campaign running also. Um, now he gives us the website, though we didn't have a chance to look at that. Um, I don't, don't need to. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His description um, pretty much identified the problem. <laughs> yeah, why you, you go for it. Go for it. So it's, it's, and believe me, you're not the first and you won't be the last. And I run across this frequently with clients um, or potential clients. It sounds to me like you didn't do a transition strategy when you launched your new design. So basically, if you have an old website um, and you're thinking about doing a redesign, your old website, is, if it's been up for a while, is built what I like to term is search equity. There's history behind the site. There's weight. There's relevancy. There's information that the search engines know about your site and your site's pages that it, that it's, that it stores and it keeps and it knows. And I, I consider that equity. So when you redesign your site, if you change your URL structure or even one character, let's say you build the exact same URL structure, but you switch from PHP to HTML, so you change the extension on the files, um, and you're not using directories, but, but you change one character, the search engine thinks that's a brand new page, right? So you have to transfer the equity from the old version of your site, the old URLs, to the new version of your site and the new URLs, and you do that with, with 301 redirects, of course, right? So you, And it's almost like you have to do a one-to-one mapping. You know, you have to remember back in kindergarten when they, you were learning how to read and you got these cards. Here's a picture of a cat, a dog, and a horse. And over here is the words horse, cat, dog. And you had to draw lines between them to match them up. You have to do the exact same thing with the old pages of your site and the new pages of your site with your redirects, your 301 redirects. And without that transition strategy, what ha- happens is that, that that old equity just disappears. It goes away and you're basically launching a brand new site with no history, no relevancy, no backlink profile associated with the existing domain, which you have 
Kevin, hopefully same domain, that, that backlink profile will be there, but those internal pages, all those links don't count anymore because you didn't do that redirect strategy. Now, that's uh, my guess. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like you said, we're, we're guessing at this point. I mean, if, if, let's say you didn't, if you did do that, but you didn't quite, you know, let's say the site had decent rankings. However, when you did the redesign, you didn't keep the, in general, the, the same relevance per page. Uh, you know, the, the content relevance. When Google looks at the page, is it going to get the same message it did when it looked at the old, old page? Even if it's redirected, you know, you've got to make sure that, that page is just as relevant as it was before, if not better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I just thought of something else you can check that unbelievably happens quite frequently. Make sure no your designer, yeah, make sure your designer <laughs> didn't launch it with a robots.txt blocking it from search, the new version of your site. That happens frequently because the designer, rightfully so, will block it from search when they're building it out because you don't want this unfinished site getting indexed. But then they push it live and they forget to change the robots.txt file to open it up for a search. So double check yeah. that robots.txt file. Don't worry, Stuart. We're not, we don't believe you did that. I mean, you, you did say website traffic seems to be reasonable. So that's, that's not the, uh, the issue. So, but you're right. I mean, it happens oh, more I often than not. I didn't get that one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I hope that helps, Stuart. I know, frankly, there's a lot to this. And I know there's been a few people who have uh, piped in and given you some, t- some tips. And I'm sure there's some good ones there as well. So, so, go, so, so, so go back into the, the community, Stuart, and answer this question, right? In your wording, you said your sales have dropped. You didn't say your traffic dropped. Is your traffic consistent with what it was beforehand? Because if that's the case, it's not really an SEO issue for you. It's a it's a conversion issue. And maybe the new site just doesn't convert as well because of something in the way it works. Maybe your your sales form and, and your sales platform is not working the way it's supposed to or is, is much more difficult for people so or people are abandoning your cart sooner. So <laughs> look at so, um, so be a little clearer in your question too. Yeah, well, he did mention that they didn't know for sure because it doesn't look like the previous developer used Google Analytics. But uh, ah. that said, uh, one thing that happened to a client of ours, uh, things dried up. We started getting calls. We're getting, you know, he was a little bit cheesed at us. Um, and uh, we were in the midst of a campaign. We knew things were improving. Rankings were, were actually quite good. And, and I'm sure things improved. About a week later, he called back apologizing because he decided to check his phone number and the phone number was no longer working. <laughs> that, um, that's, that'll be it too. <laughs> oh, our SEOs were just punching bags. Anyway, <laughs> so I was glad that, that that got figured out. But you know, it can be little crazy things like that. Uh, and, and even if it's a, a click to call button that you've got on there and it's going to the wrong number, I mean, there can be it, it, just the tiniest thing. Uh, anyway, so I do hope that helps. Uh, the next question's a, a bit of a longer one, but it's from David Blaine. Uh, David, you always give us some good good questions. Um, and I have to I have to ask just because every time we see this cross, and I think this is not the magician, David Blaine. If if you are, <laughs> let us know because we want to have you on the show because <laughs> I want to know why you went, switched from magic to SEO because it'd be an interesting story. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Blaine, we know we we're talking about uh, the magician has an I in his name. In name, uh, David. Uh, all right. Well, he's, he's being incognito. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. Quote, unquote here. I've been thrown into a site launch where we have about 5,200 current pages of content bringing in significant traffic. We're pushing out a launch with a new site with a significantly reduced amount of content. Almost all blog content will disappear. Uh, okay. Um, my question is this. Should we set up all the redirects to the reduced sitemap, watch traffic dip, and add content back as needed? strategically based on top-performing pages? Or 
Should I wait to set up any redirects until we can add most of the content back to the site as possible, dealing with the dip in traffic for a few weeks? Essentially, I'm wondering if it's bad to change the 301s twice. First time to less relevant content, then again to more relevant content. Huh. I wish I knew why they're reducing this con- like content if it's bringing significant traffic. Yeah, that's never a good thing. Seems like we're missing here, but I guess we'll just have to accept that and just go for the question here. So uh, let's read that again. Essentially, I'm wondering if it's bad to change the 301s twice, the first time to less relevant content, then again to more relevant content when it's being so, produced. So when uh, you're saying change it twice, what are you, is he thinking about doing two redirects in succession or changing the target of the redirect? What, how do you, what do you read out of that? He, he wants, should we set up the redirects to the reduced site sitemap, watch traffic dip, and add content back as needed? Uh, I'm missing something here. I feel like maybe I'm just yeah. Yeah, there's definitely questions to ask here, but I think the general thing to think is don't remove content, optimize it, refine it if you need to. If you if you don't like the content you have, you can write new content on a similar topic, but that doesn't mean you have to redirect the old content to the new content unless it's so similar. There's no reason to have it both on the page, right, or on the site. Try to avoid redirects at all at all costs. I mean, you know, redirects are a good tool, but they're a tool you don't want to use if you can avoid it. I see. How do you, I, I'm getting a picture of what he wants to do. I guess they really, really, really want the site to be leaner. Um, the reasoning for that is what we're, I'm kind of lacking on, but that's okay. And what they want to do is watch things drop but learn where that's dropping and so they can add the content back to try and regain that traffic. I don't know. It seems like a, a, a lot of work and a lot of risk. Uh, I don't really get a lot, why. A lot of risk. I mean, wanting to, wanting your traffic to drop and then just I, I guess I don't lean. understand anything. Yeah, just yeah. to make it lean so you can then really build it back up again doesn't make a lot of sense. But David, we'd love to learn more about this. It's intriguing. So if you could, yeah. you could respond and just put in some little more feedback in here and then make sure to, to – um, tag us in that response so we can go back to it. Otherwise, it'll get lost in our list of questions we get. But uh, thank yeah. you for, for bringing that in. The, this last one is from Tom Ho- Tim Hodges. Does anyone here have any advice on buying a link from Best of the Web, the Best of the Web directory? I managed a large website, 2,400 plus pages for a small independent Canadian department store and wanted to know if someone who has used the Best of the Web before could let me know if it would be worth the fee for a website like that. It's a full e-commerce site. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm not a big fan of buying anything in directories. Um, and, and normally I'd say don't. The only reason I, I, I'm a bit wishy-washy is doing this competitor analysis. I found a few people who had best of the webs. They're, I, I, they seem to be high trust. They seem to be ranking well. I don't know. I, mean, I, yeah. best, I don't best see it being a big web. problem. I've seen Best of the Web on, you have lists of local citations when you're doing local search. There's the primary citations, and then there's secondary citations. And primary citations are sites like Foursquare, Google, of course, Mm -hmm. um, City Search, big sites like that. Best of the Web is always listed on the primary citations list. So I've always, from from the people that I've known, and and if if you remember a few years back, Ross, there was this big purging of directories in the index and, Mm -hmm. and links from that. Best of the Web was spared in that purge primarily because they had a very significant human editing um, processes in place when people go in and try to do this. So they, they actually do, at least they used to, I haven't dealt with them in quite a while, um, no. have this human editing feature or f- functionality that, that keeps them kind of somewhat in the, the good graces of the engines. 
It's surprising, really. I mean, it is a purchased link, but it does purchase editorial reviews, so that's that's the differentiation. Uh, right. So that's that's good. Anyway, I hope that helps, Tim. I would go for it. It's, it seems no no harm in that. And dang it, I wish my affiliate code was in in this this conversation right now. Uh, <laughs> I know I used to have one, and they do do affiliate stuff anyway. Um, well, I guess uh, that's it. We've covered a lot in this show. Holy cow! Yes, we did. Yeah, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.